Welcome to Willow Park Church. Happy Easter. Let me declare to you, Christ has risen. He has risen indeed. Oh, that is the message of the Christian faith. That is the joy that we have. The reality that Christ has risen. He did not rise like a ghost in some kind of phantom way. No, he rose in full bodily form. He is our Lord. He is our King. He conquered sin. He conquered death. And he conquered darkness within this world. He has come to bring life to us. So happy Easter and thank you for joining us. We have a wonderful online service for you. In fact, we've got all four campus pastors sharing and speaking. Pastor Glenn's going to be talking for a few minutes about the power of the risen Lord, the difference that Christ has made and the way that he literally exploded from the tomb. Pastor Jordan's going to be talking about the moment in the garden. The moment when Mary looked up and thought it was the gardener. Pastor Joel's going to be talking for a few minutes about the isolation and yet the joy when Jesus appeared to the disciples. And Pastor Jeremy's going to be talking about the promise of the tomb and that God never breaks his promises. We're going to experience A really wonderful testimony of a member of our congregation called Janet Courtney, who has been on a journey to fight cancer, but has experienced the resurrection power of Christ with her every step of the way. Amazing what God has been doing in her walk with the Lord. We're going to have worship, of course, but we want to celebrate Easter. And I want to wish you a very happy Easter as we step into this service. Let me pray. Father, we thank you that the beginning of this service, we can celebrate that Jesus Christ has risen. We thank you that Christ achieved the great rescue mission for humanity. I could not save myself, but you have saved me. You have brought life to me. You have brought salvation to me. And because Christ lives, we will all live as well. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you that we've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit that dwells in our lives. That we can know that assurance of salvation. Bless us today in this Easter celebration, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, church family. I just wanted to um, start this, uh, this celebration of Jesus rising from the dead, this day that we celebrate called Easter Sunday. I just want to start off with uh, this verse, and then we're going to sing just a declaration that, that um, we are risen with Christ. So this is Galatians 2, uh, verse 19 through 21. For through the law I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside 
the grace of God, for it is righteousness. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. So yeah, God, we know you did not die for nothing. You died to set us free. We actually died with you. It said in the scripture that we were crucified with you, God. And we celebrate today that you have risen and that that we're set free. The reason you died, the reason you rose is to set us free from the bondage of sin. So God, I thank you for that. We declare that you are good. We declare that you have risen today. We, that's what this day represents. So we worship you and we celebrate this. Thank you for the cross. I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind away? You was my tomb Till I made you I was breathing but not Alive. All my failures I try to hide. It was my truth till I made you. You called my name and I ran out of that grave. Chains break at the weight of your glory. I 
need shelter. I was an orphan. Now you call me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my healing. Your love is healing. I'm breathing. I have a future. My eyes are open. When I call my name, I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness to your glory. Thank you, Jesus. Declare that you are risen and you are holy. We worship you. Amen. This reading is from John chapter 20. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. I love Easter. First of all, I wear a tie and a jacket to make my mum happy. But also, more than that, what I really enjoy about Easter is the empty tomb. My name is Glenn, and I'm one of the pastors here. I'm pastor of the South, and I'm also the executive pastor. But about the empty tomb, this is why I love the empty tomb. Because the empty tomb means that everything that Jesus said about himself was true. Because he proved it. He beat death. He beat death itself, showing that he was God, he was powerful, that God fulfills promises, and he was also passionate enough to go to the cross and die for me. That's why I love the empty tomb. I love the empty tomb because when Peter and John were running, when they heard the news that the tomb was empty, they ran. I love that John was the faster runner because he got there first. And I love that Peter was the one that went in because he was brave. I love that God chose women to share the news about the empty tomb. Because at that time, women were held in no regard at all. And yet God chose, because he sees as equal, God chose women to share the news. I love the fact that the Romans, who were really, really good at killing people, couldn't kill God. 
I mean, the, there was rumors around, well, even today, people believe, well, maybe Jesus wasn't really dead. Can I tell you? The Romans knew what they were doing. They didn't make mistakes. Well, maybe he was just napping. That is actually one of the arguments that people use. Well, maybe, maybe the disciples just lied. Would they lie to the point where they were willing to actually go to their own deaths for a lie? I mean, literally, every one of those apostles was killed in a horrible way because of their beliefs. We're told in Acts that 500 people, over 500 people, witnessed Jesus being alive. And this news got to the leaders. And the leaders didn't bring those 500 in and accuse them of lying. It was common knowledge that Jesus was seen. I love that God chose the empty tomb as a symbol of hope and love and life. That Jesus rose again. And by doing so, he rose in newness of life. And then he says, you have this life too. Go into the world, take this love and life and power and promise that I've shown to you. You take it into the world and you do the same for other people. You point other people to me just like Jesus pointed other people to God himself. That's why I love Easter. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound Saved a wretch like me For I was lost, but now I'm found Blind, but now I see Hallelujah Christ is risen from the grave And on that day you call me in 
to heaven's sweet embrace. I'll see your scars, your open arms, the beauty of your face. Through tears of joy, I lift my voice with everlasting praise. Hallelujah. Christ to risen from the grave. Hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. Hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. Hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. And all throughout eternity, our song will be
Jesus paid it all And all to him I owe Sin had left a crimson stain He washed in white and snow Cause Jesus paid it all And all to him I owe Sin had left a crimson stain He washed in white as snow And He washed in white as snow And He washed in white as snow How great the cancer that lay between us How high the mountain I could not climb In desperation I turned to heaven And spoke your name Into the night And through the darkness your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could so great a mercy What heart could fathom Such boundless grace The God of ages Stepped down from glory To wear my sin And bear my shame The cross is spoken I am forgiven The King of Kings calls me His own Beautiful Savior I'm yours forever Jesus Christ My living hope Oh, hallelujah Praise the Lord Set me free, hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living Oh, sing hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Sealed the promise 
Your buried body began to breathe Out of the silence The roaring lion Declared the grave has no claim on me Sing that again Then came the morning And sealed the promise Your buried body began to breathe out of the having a wonderful Easter weekend so far. I'm here to read another story to you today about the story of Easter. This weekend, as we're eating treats and we're eating a nice dinner and hanging out with our family, it's great to remember the real story of Easter, how it all began, and why it's so important. So, here we go. The story of Easter. This is the story of Jesus' death and resurrection. One day, Jesus and his disciples came to the city of Jerusalem. Jesus was riding on a donkey. As he entered the city, people laid down palm branches and said, Hosanna to the son of David. The chief priests did not like that Jesus was being praised by the people, 
and wanted to get rid of him. It was Passover, and Jesus was with his disciples to eat a meal. He looked at his disciples and said, One of you will betray me tonight. But they all said they would not. As they passed around the bread to eat, Jesus blessed it and said, Take this bread and eat it. It is my body. Then they passed around a cup of wine. Jesus again blessed it and said, Take this cup and drink. This is my blood, which I shed for you and all people. Later that night, Jesus wanted to walk in the garden. A few of his disciples followed him, but they fell asleep. Jesus prayed to God, knowing that he would soon be killed. That morning, Judas, one of Jesus' disciples, approached Jesus in the garden with some soldiers. Judas kissed him on the cheek, and then Jesus was arrested. Judas had just betrayed Jesus. Jesus was brought to Pilate, the governor. Pilate asked Jesus if he had said that he was the son of God, and Jesus said he did. The chief priests did not like this answer and asked Pilate to put Jesus to death. Jesus was given a crown of thrones and a heavy wooden cross to carry through the streets. The people made fun of Jesus as he carried the cross out of the city and to a hill. Jesus was nailed to the cross. He called out to God, saying, In your hands I commend my spirit. And Jesus died. The sky turned dark and the earth shook. Jesus' disciples and his friends took his body, wrapped it in cloth, and carried it to a tomb. They rolled a big stone in front of the opening and went home, saddened by the death of Jesus. Two days later, Mary Magdalene, Jesus' friend, and another Mary came to his tomb. But the stone was rolled away, and an angel was sitting on the stone. The women began to cry, and the angel said, Do not be afraid. Jesus is risen, as he promised. The women ran and told Jesus' disciples what the angel had told them. They didn't believe the women until Jesus appeared to them, and then they rejoiced. And once Jesus had ridden to heaven, his disciples then went out to the world to spread the good news about him. Today, we celebrate Jesus' death and resurrection on Easter Sunday, giving thanks to God for his promise of eternal life. Thank you, guys.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, and descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. This is John chapter 20, verse 10. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look in the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it that you were looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out, Rabbi, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Hey, my name is Jordan Pilgrim. I'm uh, the campus pastor at Glenmore, and I'm excited to be here. And uh, I just want to share with you some of my thoughts on Easter and what I love about it. What I really do love about Easter is the idea of a new day. The idea of what once was is so different to what is today. See, like on on the first, this last week we've been celebrating the Holy Week. On, on last Sunday it was Jesus triumphantly riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. On Monday he turns the tables over. On Tuesday, he bests his theological oppon- opponents in the temple. On Wednesday, he's at Bethany. On Thursday, he has his last supper with the disciples, and then the disciples betray him. One of them did. On Friday, he goes to trial and he's crucified. On Saturday, he lays in a grave. And those are the days that were before. But the next day, Sunday, is a new day. In John chapter 20, it says this, early on the first day of the week, 
While it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that stone had been removed from the entrance. You see, the early Christians talked about Sunday being the eighth day, not the next day of the week, not an old recycled way of doing things. It's the new day. It's a new eighth day. It's a, it's a new reality that they entered into. And so I love that Easter is a new reality that we enter into. What happened on Easter Sunday? What happened is, is Mary went while it was still dark and she was still in the dark. Well, we were all still in the dark. She went and it was dark and she looked and she saw the tomb and she saw that the stone had been rolled away. She ran back and she found Peter and John. They ran back with her and they went to the tomb and they saw that it was empty. And as they saw that it was empty, they then went back. But Mary stayed because you know why? Because Mary was always there with Jesus. She had seven demons cast out of her and she stayed with Jesus through Galilee. She was there when he was crucified on the cross and she was there as he was buried. And she was the first person there to see the stone had been removed because she was so faithful. She was a faithful, faithful disciple. So we talk about what happens at this point and then she's waiting beside the, the moved stone and she doesn't know where to go because she's always been with him. And she stops and she sees a gardener walking up towards him. And she thinks, well, if I talk to the gardener, then if I talk to the gardener, he'll tell me where he is. So she says, gardener, where have you put Jesus' body? I will take care of him. And then he says, Mary. And she's rabbi and she jumps and gets so excited. She realizes it's her teacher. And she clings to him. And this is one of those cases of mistaken identity that is not mistaken at all. It's a new day, and she sees this wonderful gardener, and it's Jesus. And what does a gardener do? A gardener takes old, and he makes new again. He takes what was, what was a waste, what was something that was absolutely impossible to make something good out of, and he makes it beautiful again. And she's there, and she's the first person to get to see Jesus resurrected. G.K. Chesterton says this, On the third day, the friends of Christ coming at daybreak to the place, found the grave empty and the stone rolled away. In varying ways, they realized the new wonder, but even, the, even hardly realized that the world had died that night. What they were looking at was the first day of new creation with a new heaven and a new earth and a new semblance of the gardener God walk, walked again in the garden, in the cool, not of the evening, but of the dawn. Mary sees the new gardener as he's making all things new again. And what does he say to her? He says, don't cling to me. Why does he say not to cling to me? What's the point of saying don't cling to me? Because Mary was clinging to what she knew. And what she knew was that Jesus placed in this world 2,000 years ago. But what he wanted her to know is that he has gone through death and defeated death and come out the other side. See, what happened before, like when Lazarus was raised from the dead, he went to death, he got bounced back, and then he died again. He came back into the circle of life and died again. What Jesus did is he went through death, defeated death, and came up the other side. It's such a beautiful understanding and reminder of this great gardener on the eighth day to see a new life and a new world. As we walk through this Easter, we see we're in a new time and a new place, a bit confusing, 
But what we really get to understand is that Jesus is this beautiful bringer of life and that without Easter Sunday, without the eighth day, without the great gardener, nothing will be made new again. So that's my favorite part about Easter is all things being made new again. Amen. This is John 20, verse 19. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Well, hello, everybody. My name is Joel Federson. I'm the youth pastor here at Willow Park Church, and I'm the campus pastor for the Pursuit community. I love Easter, but this year is very uncomfortable for me. I love a room full of just my friends, my family. I love being together. And that first Easter actually has so much in common with Easter that we're encountering today. The isolation that they felt was incredible. The apostles were in a room hiding. What they had just witnessed was so shocking that they literally were likely in shock. What they saw happen to Jesus was far worse than they could have imagined. They, they stripped him naked. They, they publicly flogged him. It was so bad that he walked by his own mother and she didn't recognize him. Then they hung him on a tree as they ridiculed him and the violence in their voices was intense. And so now the apostles are terrified. They're hiding. They've associated with Jesus their whole lives and that was his fate. And they're assuming that this will happen to them. So every sound outside their house would have been met with terror. Every knock at the door, they would have assumed that it was coming for them. And their future was so unknown. You see, Jesus said, leave everything and follow me. So they thought that Jesus would always be there to provide, but now he's dead. They don't have a life to go back to. They don't know when this is going to end. They don't have a timetable for when they can leave the house. They don't know how they're going to put food on their table anymore. And then Jesus shows up at the house and their responses are incredible. Each one of them is touched in a way that's unique to who they are. Luke. Luke's a doctor, remember? And he communicates that Jesus invited them to inspect his body, to touch the scars, to look at the piercing in his side, and he's amazed at the healing. And then there's Matthew. Matthew says that they worshipped, but some doubted. Remember, Matthew is a tax collector. He's used to judging people's motives. And so now he sees that some are worshiping and some aren't. And he's amazed at his ability to read a room. And then there's Mark. Now Mark was a coward. Mark was the youngest. He was likely 15 or 16. He has good reason to be afraid. This is terrifying. He's just this young kid and this has all happened. And what he communicates 
reveals how much Jesus emboldens him. Jesus said, he said, you will go and drive out demons. He said, you will pick up snakes that are poisonous and they won't hurt you. He said that you will drink deadly poison and have no effect. Whoa. He said, you'll heal people. And this is what Mark's communicating. Oh, Jesus said all these things. John, well, John was overjoyed. He was filled with joy. He later says something profound. He said that perfect love drives out fear. Now, how does that work? You see, they used to love security, normalcy, routine, comfort. It's all gone. But there's a love that's greater. It's the love of the Father. King David puts it this way, that your love, that's the love of the Father, is better than life. This is what he's saying. It's this love that drives out all fear. And this actually radically alters Mark. Mark goes from this coward to this emboldened man. He leaves the room and he preaches and they try to execute him. Historians say that he got a nickname, Saint Mark the Lionheart, because they threw him to lions. And that when he went into the lion's den, that the lions fell at his feet and he pet them until they fell asleep. The Roman guards came in and were so amazed that they released him. He had this brand new nickname from coward to lionheart. Then he hopped on a ship and went to Alexandria in Africa, where he was the first one to preach in Africa. They call him the father of Christianity in that continent now. 200 million believers because of this coward. They say that it was in Alexandria that they tied him to a horse and they executed him that way by dragging him around the city. It took two days as he's yelling and just shouting the truth of Jesus. He went from this coward to this lion heart because he found something that he loved more than life. It was the love of God that's better than his life. Easter is so powerful because we're offered that same love of God that overshadows the love of things that are inferior for all of us. We are joined here by Janet Courtney, and we're really honored that she had taken the time to speak to us and to, and to join us and tell us about her journey that she's been going through. Um, so Janet, maybe tell us a little bit about what you've been going through lately. Well, um, in the middle of December... I um, was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia and it basically came without notice. I had a couple of days in the middle of a week where I wasn't feeling quite right and I thought I should probably go to the doctor and see what's going on. And I went in for blood tests and um, the doctor called me in and she was very concerned about me and she wanted to know if I'd ever had chemo. And I said, no, I've never had chemo. I'm a very healthy 60 year old woman. I'm not on any medication. And she's like, well, um, there's something really wrong here. And I'm like, really? And so uh, she just said to me, if I ended up by chance getting a fever on the weekend, I was to go to emergency. And on Saturday and Sunday of that weekend, I ended up getting, um, um, it's called Rigers or Rigers. There's a couple of different ways I've heard it said, but it's very intense chills, like fever chills. 
like to the point where you're shaking and involuntarily shaking. And I experienced that on Saturday and Sunday. And um, after they sort of finished on Sunday, we're on supper time, I ended up having a very high fever. And so I said, we better go to the hospital. And um, we did. And within an hour of walking in the door, I was put in isolation. And that was quite shocking because, um, you know, we never spend a short time amount, a amount of time in, in emergency as a, as a rule. At two o'clock in the morning, I was given a blood transfusion. And the very next morning, I was uh, given, I was, I had a bone marrow biopsy. And within two days, I was uh, given my diagnosis of leukemia. <clears throat> and so it was pretty devastating news. I mean, you know, you wonder where did this come from? How did this happen? And there's, there's no answers. It just, it's just one of those things. And so um, we were trying to process all of this. And uh, the thing that I really noticed the most um, from, the, from the time I, I went to the hospital is that I really had such a strong sense of the Lord's presence with me. And it's hard to explain that, but it was... He brought it to me in such a way that I had so much joy in the midst of all of these crazy, devastating circumstances. And I felt almost like my feet weren't touching the ground. Like it was like he literally sort of picked me up and let me be raised above my circumstances. And um, it has carried me through, like it still carries me through to this day. And um, it has given me such peace and, I, and such hope that um, I know that no matter how this goes, you know, whether um, I get through this successfully or not, um, I really feel like um, I'm in a win-win situation because I have gotten to know the Lord so well and I've held so close to Him since this has happened. Um, that I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade this experience and what I've gone through um, for not, you know, for not knowing him like I do now. Um, this has been, it's been, I keep telling people it's been an incredible journey. It has been an incredible journey. And I continue to hang on to him and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that um, he is never going to leave me and he's not going to forsake me. He's never done it yet and he's not going to now. So I, I, I just, I know that with everything that's within me, so. Wow, what a, that's a fantastic story. Such a, a difficult thing that you're going through, but the way that God's presence and the Holy Spirit has has spoken to you and, and journeyed you through this. We are, um, we're amazed, and we want to support you as much as we can. And and, and as a church, we just want to be seeing what you've been doing, what you've been going through, is such an encouragement. So thank you for sharing your story with us. So, anything else you want to say? I think, especially when we 
believe that he can bring beauty out of ashes. Um, situations that we see that are that we, we deem are not good, he can turn those around and use them for his glory. And I love that about Christ. And so I, I my prayer is that he uses this my situation to do that. And um, I pray that whatever happens and however this goes, that um, he will have been glorified in and through it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for vulnerability and, and, and honesty, but also so much trust and so much hope in Jesus. You know, yesterday when I got to talk with Janet, it was such a great time to be able to see someone walking through a difficult time, but also see someone that is walking through this time and, and finding absolute hope in Jesus. You know, she talked about beauty from ashes, and this is what we are celebrating at Easter. We're celebrating we're celebrating the idea that there was death and, and death thought that it had a victory. And then Christ raises from the dead and he defeats death and he walks through. And now we have that hope. We have that hope of understanding about who Jesus is and who he is and who we are in him. So thank you so much, Janet. It was lovely to talk to you. And I pray that we can all be encouraged by how you face this head on, hand in hand with Jesus. God bless you. And amen. Hello everyone, my name is Jeremy, I'm the pastor at Creekside. What I love about Easter is the hope and the joy that it brings. Our family, we have been putting down events on the calendar just to bring our kids some like hope for things to look for as we go throughout this week. So we have things like hiking, we have things like a movie night, we have things like going to the Starbucks drive through for a treat or going you know, to get the tires changed. And they're super pumped about getting those tires changed. And so they, we know how to party at the Crow House, but um, like these things are bringing them some joy. And so I wrote down on Tuesday to take Malachi to go play some baseball. Tuesday came and went, and we didn't get to play baseball. His hope, his joy, the, the excitement of the day was dashed. And it looked like, and it was true, that my promise was left empty. My dad of the year credentials took a big hit. And so Malachi, I'm sorry. What this got me thinking about was the promises and the empty items of Easter. The empty cross, the empty clothes, and the empty tomb. Everything in the story of Christianity relies on those empty items. Every story has this moment, this point, where it's all leading up to, where there's this big scene and it has this amazing moment and it provides this validity to the story. Without that moment, the story just doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel like it carries any weight. So when Jesus was put on the cross, it felt like everything he had promised, everything that he had done, all the lives that he had touched were for naught. The Savior of the world, now dead. But like most stories, there was a twist. On the third day, instead of going to the tomb to find a dead body and Roman soldiers protecting it, there were Roman soldiers on the ground in an empty tomb. Jesus had risen from the dead. On this fact rests everything about our Christian faith. 
Everything that we read about Jesus, we can now trust. Everything we read about Jesus is true. The promise of hope in him is true. The promise of joy in him is true. Because of the empty tomb, guilt doesn't have the last word. Christ hung on that tree for you and for I. And the full penalty of sin had been paid for. And so now we can say, just like Paul says, now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because of the empty tomb, despair, it doesn't have the last word. I know some of the days and the nights, they feel really dark right now, but there was no darker night than that night Jesus, well, he died and he was, he was murdered. While Jesus' followers, they tossed and they turned on Saturday nights, Christ was at work. The men and women who went to bed in despair, they woke up to a new hope that next morning, a hope that is alive for us today. Listen, Jesus is alive, that he can bring the dawn of resurrection into our lives, into your life. Because Jesus is alive, there is hope. Because of the empty tomb, death doesn't have the last word. When Jesus died, his enemies thought that they had the last word, that they put the final stamp on his life. His resurrection proved otherwise. For all those who die in Christ, the sting of death, it just is a, it just becomes trivial. So now, because of the resurrection, Paul, he can look death straight in the eyes and mock it. He says, oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? Those empty items, the cross, the clothes, the tomb, they point to somebody who doesn't leave us feeling empty but someone who fills those empty, bare spots in our heart. I like to say there's this God-shaped hole in all of our hearts that only Jesus can fill. Christ is victorious because of the resurrection. He proves that he is the most trustworthy person that we can put our hope into. We see in our times that things are faltering, things are failing. And we can't put our hope in them but we can put our hope in the one who doesn't falter, who doesn't fail. We see that joy, the things that we find joy in, they're perishable. But Jesus says that his joy is everlasting. The empty cross promises forgiveness for all of our sins. The empty clothes, they promise faith for those who are drawing close to Christ. Then the empty tomb, it promises Eternity for those who follow Christ Jesus. Our God is a God of promises. And he will keep those promises. He assures them. And the fact that there's empty clothes, empty cross, and an empty tomb assures us that Jesus' promises are never, ever empty. And so we can draw close to the one who can fill us with complete joy and complete hope. If you haven't this Easter received or really clung to those promises of God, I encourage you to do so today. I cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me I see His his hands, his feet, 
Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We're so grateful that you've taken the time to be part of our Easter service and celebrate that Jesus Christ has risen. We've had some great thoughts, but I want to invite you to invite Jesus Christ to come into your life. And if you want to give your life to Jesus, all you have to be willing to do is to accept that you are a sinner. Ask God to forgive you and invite Jesus to come into your life right now. There's a little button on the screen. And if this Easter you want to pray and invite Jesus in, you can. Let me tell you how. Simply by praying, by asking. A little prayer I prayed when I was a teenager and gave my life to Jesus. It goes like this. You can pray it. If you want to give your life to Christ. Dear Lord Jesus. I accept that I'm a sinner. And I ask you to forgive me. As you gave yourself for me upon the cross. And rose again. I give my whole life to you now. Forgive me. Come into my life and change me. I choose to make you Lord of my life. Amen. If you made that Easter commitment to Christ, do make contact with us. Please message us or contact us through the office. We would love to get to know you and your story and what Jesus Christ is doing in your life. And finally, for our church members, there is a way for you to donate at this Easter time to all the ministry that we're continuing to do online. Please just go to the website and there you can give online. And as we close, thanks again for joining us. Praise the Lord for what God has done. And we are so grateful. The Lord bless you.